Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey guys, this is Ruben from Dub's podcast, Connection Loop, and I have with me Mary Henderson. And Mary, I just want to get right into it uh, that I, ha- I have a confession that I lived most of my life not having integration, not aligning my hobbies, my true self, and my career. These were all dis- very disparate things. And two, three years ago, I'd never find myself wearing, you know, uh, a, a shirt for one of my favorite bands um, while doing, you know, a business a business combo. Uh, and finally, it took me so much time to actually find that path. <laughs> And uh, it was truly unlocking and unliberating. I'd love to learn more about the topic of personal branding, integration, being the true self, being on our journey. I'm talking to the expert here, so let's get into this. Thank you so much, Ruben. Hey, it's actually really cool to be here. I love um, you know all this live streaming stuff. It just goes to show that you can be anywhere in the world and we're so close to each other. How cool yes. is that? It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So let's unpack this a little bit, um, Ruben, because I think that it's all very good to say, you know, um, let's just show up as our true self or better still, you know, everyone's uh, the buzzword of the year, I guess, is authenticity. And I find that really hilarious because I say to people, I don't understand why you're using that terminology when we already are authentic. Every person's DNA is completely different from one another. Therefore, are we not authentic? <laughs> So right. let's start right there. But I want to go back a little bit, and I think that this is really important to put this conversation into context. Let's look at the life that we've lived from a young age, okay? We're raised in families that our, every one of our families have a paradigm, a belief mm. system that they've inherited from their parents who who have inherited from their parents and so on. So in the first five years... <clears throat> Our circle of influence is our family members, you know, mum, dad, grandparents, aunts, uncles, etc. And so they give us information based on what's stored inside their, themselves, their thoughts, their beliefs, actions, etc. even their circle of influence. So the journey starts from there. Then we enter the school system. And God forbid if you actually start to show any form of emotion in the school system right from <laughs> five years old to <laughs> 17, 18 year old, because right. we enter into this linear frame where you are told what to say, you're told how to think, uh, you're, you don't even think, you have to learn things off by heart to be considered smart if you've done really well in your test because you've learned it off by heart. So there's been no learning throughout the journey. And so what happens is that we then start to buy into this compliant and obedient mindset, and that's what we become. Then we graduate and then we potentially go to college or university, and then from there we we prepare ourselves in that time frame to get the job of our dream. Because I don't know about you, but in, when I was growing up, my parents um, thought that investing in their daughter and, and her singing lessons for the first 12 years of her life, of her, you know, from about seven or eight right through, right through to about 15, 16, was just a hobby. 
They didn't mm. see that that was a gift. That was just a hobby as far as they were concerned. And God forbid if I wanted to pursue that as a career, because in my mum and dad's mind, that, that that's not a career. You don't, you don't, you can't turn singing or performing arts into a career. You have to be in my mum and dad's eyes because they were migrants, and their version of success was doctor, lawyer, or architect. That's it. There's nothing outside of that frame. <laughs> So of course I then go to university and study to become a psychology, which I didn't last because I couldn't stand it. And what happens is that we go to university because our parents tell us that if you get a degree, that you will be safe, you'll get a great job, you know, you won't have to struggle like we did, which is what I heard when I was growing up. And it sets us up for failure, like real failure, because let's fast forward to where we are now in the world. We're in a pandemic. How many people have lost their jobs? Not just a job that you would just call, you know, a, a under the banner of a worker. Forget all of that. We all have to work to put food on the table. We are talking about white-collar professional services mm-hmm. in senior management roles. They're the ones that are the most vulnerable at the moment, who, by the way, were also told by their parents to go to university, get a degree because you're going to get it, you, you will be safe. So now we're stuck in a pandemic. In, we've got a pandemic in a pandemic. We've got 50-plus-year-old men and women who are super smart, super knowledgeable, have a degree but can't get a job they've lost their job. So that dream that they were promised can no longer be fulfilled. So I want to start from that standpoint because it's really important to understand where I want to lead this conversation. Let's now reverse that and look at someone like myself who has, you know, and we all have incredible gifts. We all have incredible talents. But my natural, my natural gift was, or my natural talent, I should say, was to sing. My natural gift is my voice. Now, my parents weren't educated enough to help me um, put a strategy together so that I can use that voice and channel that voice in another way. So I go through my 20s completely confused, not knowing where to go, not knowing who to trust, uh, not knowing how to figure all this out. Um, And it wasn't until my late 30s that I was like, okay, Maybe my gift is not singing. Maybe my gift is actually my voice. And maybe now I need to find out what that looks like applied in another setting. So the starting point, I think, to this conversation, Ruben, is that we have to stand almost outside of our body and start to ask some really, really deep questions. And that first question starts with, who am I? That's the mm-hmm. question. And I know we ask that all the time, but I really am asking that question now. Who am I? Not from a self-help standpoint. It's not about reading an Eckhart Tolle, the, you know, the power of now. That's not going to answer that question. What I'm talking about is that we have to open up Pandora's box and dive deep. That's how you start to ask that question. So I think so, that's the starting point. So... These are some really interesting points. I can relate to so many of these points as as a musician myself, as uh, as a young kid who who was so passionate about playing drums and percussion, which I still am to this date, just in a different way. I still bang on drums and hit drums, but my life is cadence now, <laughs> and there's a metronome that drives so much of what I do. But my question for you right now is, how much of us 
how many of us don't know what we don't know? I think all of us. I think all of us. Of course, most of us. I would even put it as high as 99%, which is, and that all starts from the school system. The school system crushes our creative thinking, you know, our, the ability to think for ourselves. If you can't be a creative thinker, then your imagination is completely crushed. You can't ask those big, big questions. The big questions lie in thinking for yourself. The big questions do not lie in linear thinking. Linear thinking is Darwinian thinking. It means that, you know, from here to here, if I if I walk from here to the wall, then that's logical. Of course I'm going to get to the wall. Non-linear thinking is, but what about if I can walk to L.A. in my imagination? Am I in L.A., right? So that's non-linear thinking. You know, uh, I want to share this very quick story while we're on this topic. I was at a cafe a few years ago and just in, in, in my local area and the coffee is absolutely fantastic and I just thought I'll take an hour off, spend some time with myself. I was just reading, uh, actually I was doing some journaling and so next to me was a priest and he was enjoying his coffee and he was still, we got some chit-chatting, just talking about really, um, you know, just stuff, predominantly about the coffee and then two hours later we're still having this conversation and then he turned to me and he says, Hey, Mary, what's your definition of God? And I said, you know, I said, I think that I've got the answer to that. He said, what's that? I said, it's my imagination. And he looked at me and said, that's a great answer. You know, <laughs> and, and I love that because I was like, I was, I was expecting him to say, well, did you know in verse, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, but he, yeah. he was like, that's a great answer. And, or, or, and, to, or to step away from you thinking that a lightning bolt was going to come down for a blasphemous statement. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he could see what well, he, I think he understood either he understood, he agreed, or he could see that, you know, well, she's, she's, she's in a nonlinear, you know, way, way of mm. thinking, but that's what it means to me. You know, if we are going to look at a version of who we are, you know, I do really believe that we are, you know, we are already are, you know, godly, if you like, um, because we're so magnificent in so many ways and yet all we believe is what we see in the mirror and i think that that really is a, a it's it's so limiting yeah i i so relate i got the chills when you told me that story my son asked me that question actually yesterday he said he said papa he's six years old he said what is god and what does he look like right and i said I said, that's a really good question. Let's let's get into that. And the best answer that I could give him was that it's our unified field of energy, you know, and that is what combines us all. And I said, everyone has their own interpretation of what God is. Some think it's a man with a white beard that's in the clouds, <laughs> to which he laughed. He laughed at that. And others think that it's it's unifying energy or it's it's love. And, yeah. uh, you know, he actually, on his own accord, said, yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Yes. And I love the fact that you use the word my imagination, because so much of what we perceive is what our reality is. Now, there is maybe potentially a true reality out there, but does it even really matter? Because at the end of the day, it's what we're consuming and what we're believing. Exactly. And I think that the biggest thing is to go as deep as possible within ourselves so that we can eventually go outward. 
exactly. That's exactly, exactly right. Now, let me just share another story because I think this is kind of, this puts this conversation into beautiful context. In 2012, uh, I uh, gave birth to my second son. And when he was born, three hours after um, I gave birth, I leaned over to the side of my um, bed to uh, get some lip balm. And as I um, opened my purse, my business card fell on the bed. Now, at that time, I owned my own software development company, which I had for seven years. And the problem with that company, Ruben, even though I had a seven-figure uh, business per year that I start, started from zero, from an idea, um, uh, I was also walking an uphill battle. And the reason for that is because there were things that I was doing in that job that were not my natural state of being, okay? So three hours after he was born, my business card falls on the bed and um, and I could see my label, Mary Henderson, Managing Director. And as I looked at that card, I just realised I had the greatest epiphany of my life and I realised that my whole life had been a series of labels, a series of labels. Not only that, but I even had, there were so many truths that were downloaded in that moment for me. It was just that that moment in time that I was conscious enough to capture what was actually going on. And, and I realized that I was living this lie that I started a business, not because I loved software development, but because I wanted to start a business so that my parents could tap me on the shoulder and say, Mary, we are so proud of you, even though you didn't finish your degree. Mm. Even though you didn't finish your degree, because that was their dream, right? Not my dream, but their dream. And so I knew that day that I would resign from my own company as managing director, and I did. Um, two weeks later, I, I had a meeting with my accountants. They were saying, oh, well, this is fantastic. Your figures are great, blah, blah, blah. And I said, that's great. I just need to get out. I need to resign. You need to find somebody else or we need to merge with another company. I cannot stay in this business for another day. So we merged with another business. I stayed in that business for three months. January 2012, I uh, went on an unbelievable journey. I had the most incredible mentor um, who was a professor in philosophy uh, at Oxford University, <clears throat> excuse me, who mentored me for 12 months. I had another mentor who was... Um, an expert in the emotional body, and I had another mentor who was an expert in um, quantum medicine. And mm. so I had these three mentors handholding me for twelve months. But the and, and just just to ask, sorry to interrupt you. So how, how does one get a, a, a not just one mentor, but three mentors of that caliber? How, how do you do that? I don't know. I was searching the internet like you would not believe. Like I remember that day when I was at home and I didn't have to go to work anymore, that I Googled, how do I change my life? Literally, they were the words that I Googled. <laughs> I was that low, Ruben. I didn't know that I was super depressed, super miserable and unhappy because I was living a lie. I couldn't cope anymore. I couldn't do it for one more day. It was that painful. So I Googled and I got all these um, results. But then there was this one TED talk that I would watch that would be the turning point. And um, Mark was a, a, a TED speaker. I watched his uh, his um, his talk and I thought, that's the guy who's going to mentor me. He's going to mentor me. So I reached out and um, his 
uh, personal assistant said, Mark's not taking on any more clients. Like he is inundated. And so um, anyway, I hustled, I, I hustled really hard and finally he agreed. And so he mentored me and, um, and that journey was incredible. Similarly, I did the same with um, the quantum medicine. I went through quantum university out in Hawaii, which was awesome. And, and what was the name of that TED talk? Um, oh God, it was so long ago, but it was Mark Gaffney who was the speaker. I don't remember okay. the TED talk. Actually, it might have been um, radical. Might have been called Radical Love because that's his thesis was on uh, on on that. So, um, and so the guy who was the uh, expert in the emotional body, I literally found him on Google. Like literally, it was it was just I was desperate, but I actually it was almost like I had found and drawn to me the right people at that time. I turned my home into an ashram. I'm not exaggerating when I say that. I gave up all material possessions. I had no credit cards. I said goodbye to all my friends. Um, everything that I was involved and associated with, I walked away from. I, I did not see anybody except my mum and dad, not even my sister or my cousins for 12 months. Nobody. And I had this, I dedicated the 12 months to myself to learn about who am I. And what I learned, I could never have learned reading 10,000 self-help books. No way. Because it forced. I was forced to go so deep. And as Mark Gaffney said to me, Mary, what you're about to embark on is not Girl Scouts. This is not Girl Scouts. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready, Mark. I am absolutely ready. And that was the unfolding of understanding who am I, which is why I'm so passionate about the topic of living your true self and understanding what does that actually look like. Through that process, Ruben, through that process, remember, you know, in 2012, I then realised that I had three loves of my life that I was so good at and so natural at that if I could merge those three loves of my life, what would that look like? And you know what that looked like? It looks like my vocation today. It looks like happiness. <laughs> yes, yes. So I, don't have a, I don't have a job. What I do is so natural to me. And mm. people, my clients say to me, how did you do that? And I'm like, uh, what do you mean how did I do that? I did that because that's, that's my gift. So of course I'm going to do that. If I if I can't do that, you shouldn't be paying to work with me if I can't do that. That's why it's important because when you find your true self, you no longer have to have a job. You now look at what you're super gifted at and you use that as your foundation. I have so many takeaways here from that story. Uh, I think there's there's a couple of keys though that I might gather here. Key number one is this idea of self-mirroring and self-realization and being in that really harsh, really honest place where you can look at yourself and you can say, this is not right. This is not yeah. who I'm supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. And this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. And that mirror, that lens into, into that information is, it's, it's a microscopic microscope because the problem and the paradox, in my opinion, is that the more, the older we get, the more needs we have, the more responsibilities we have, the less vulnerability we can have. Yes. And as a result, the more we need to 
do what we need to do, which is to turn the treadmill up and go make more money and go do those things that we feel like are going to ultimately give us happiness. So that was the first unlock that I just learned. And the second one is actually detachment. (laughs) Detachment. And detachment is, it's the easiest thing to do. And it's the hardest thing to do. The easiest thing to do is that more money, more problems. If, uh-huh. if I get rid of all this stuff around me, I'll probably have a much more simplistic life. Uh, so it's easy, but it's also very difficult because then what do I tell my friends and what do I show and what do I do and how does it feel? And, uh, and I think that the key to that, to detachment specifically, I think is this idea that it gets rid of the noise and that's where you can connect. Correct. And find find your peace, and and those are exactly, and the, and the narrative, the narrative that you that was exactly my point. The reason why I had to walk away from all of those friends is because I had to find a way to mm-hmm. change the narrative. I was not interested in keeping up with the Joneses at mm-hmm. all. So as a yeah. result of this, you know, I actually decided to we, my husband and I decided to homeschool our children, like for real. Um, because I thought my children are not going to find who they are in a linear system. Mm. And and so we had them in private schools. We pulled them out and it was amazing. Like it was the best thing. And, you know, and it's not until now. So it's that, that we're now thinking, oh, you know what, maybe it's time for them to now go integrate back into a school, but not normal school. We need to find a school that matches their way of thinking, their creative thinking. So So the thing is that, you know, I think that these drastic measures are really uncomfortable, but you've got to unlearn what you've learned. And that doesn't take a day or 24 hours. It takes time. I'm still a working progress, Ruben. I haven't, it's, you know, that was 2012, it's 2020. Eight years on, I'm still, still, still doing the unpacking because because I see myself as a student of life. And I love that. You know, I'm, I'm curious. So you open up that part of you that becomes not a, oh, I've got to unpack more, but I'm curious of where I could go. Mm, yeah. And, it's ama- and what's really amazing is that not only have you discovered that, but now you're sharing it. Yes. Yes. I think that that's very important. Because so how I, many people are out there that now are sitting on top of a rock or you know, in Thailand or something? Well, but you're is, here still evangelizing, and and I, that's why I'm and that's why I'm here. Well, the thing is, Ruben, isn't that the point that we've? Mm. That's that was the other thing. I couldn't go to India and be in an ashram. That's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to get away from the noise. I couldn't do that. I had two children. I had a household. You know, a husband. I couldn't do that. It was not possible for me to just walk away and I would never be irresponsible like that. But what I could do was I, I, I thought, well, why can't I turn my home into an ashram? Why can't I do that? Why can't I just take away the noise and have and discipline myself, which I did. Like I was meditating every day. I was really mindful, really like journaling. There's a lot of stuff going on in that 12-month period. Nothing much has really changed. Um, but the point being is that, we have to unlearn, you know, what we've learned. It's actually really, it, that's it, probably the part that people don't want to step into because it's hardcore and you have to give stuff up in order to actually, you know, tone the noise down so you can hear 
your inner self speaking to you. And for me, you know, in the work that I do now, you know, I have merged the three loves of my life. I've brought my skills, my corporate career, all the things that I'm so good at, I merged that. And I thought, oh my God, I can actually solve a serious problem in the world. You know, personal branding, you know, unpacking your, uh, your, your knowledge and your wisdom um, into, or digitalizing your knowledge into a digital product and, uh, and learning how to generate leads using a platform like LinkedIn. So sales, digital, and personal branding, when I merge those three things together, I'm like, holy shit, I can actually solve a pretty big problem here. Huge. And huge. So that's what I do. Now, you know what the interesting thing is, um, Ruben? That personal branding for me actually started in year 2000 in my corporate life. I didn't know it was called personal branding. I just thought that that's what everybody did. So, you know, even when I had my sales team, you know, when I was at Belkin, I was like, you know, I can actually turn these people into brands. Why are we calling them BDMs and account managers? That's so antiquated. Mm. Everyone's an account manager. Everyone's a BDM. Why don't I actually turn them into brands and match who they are to the right client or the right uh, portfolio? Isn't that a much smarter way of doing that? Yes, it is. Because what you get is people that can show up at work and be themselves. Big difference. It's not a job that they're coming to. It's just a part of their lifestyle. It just gives them a lifestyle, but they can be themselves because they're working with clients who bring the best out in them, not the worst out in them. Very big difference. Well, what you're what you're talking about is is pretty groundbreaking to me because you're talking about how larger enterprise, Fortune 500, Inc. 5000, large companies potentially can look at their most valuable resource, the people that work for the company, and they can unlock some of these positions to be personalities and to be brands. Mm -hmm. And on one hand, I think to myself, in that boardroom where you're in front of the whiteboard and you're presenting this, I can just feel the fear in that room and the the apprehension of saying, you know what, this is scary. This okay. is scary because if we over-empower people and if we f feel like they are bigger than what their position may be, then who knows what could happen. Right. And then I could see a few people in that boardroom saying, this is the unlock and this is the future. <laughs> you know? And I don't know why you left a large company to start your own, but this is that what you described as the definition of entrepreneurialism, which either results in you getting to the highest state that you can possibly be, or are you saying, you know what, I'm going to start my own thing <laughs> and let's do it my way. Well, that's a very interesting point that you say that. Why did I leave corporate? I was unbelievably successful, you know, in my, you know, I mean, I was head of sales in my previous role. I was the highest paid salesperson in the tech industry in Asia Pacific. Like I was on fire. Now, why did I leave? I left because I was sick and tired of being told that I'm too passionate and too emotional. Mm. Get lost. Like, I don't need that. But I, I don't need that because that's who I am at my core. So you either work with that or stop putting me in this Myers Briggs little squares. Oh, yes, you all belong in the yellow square. Oh, these people belong in the red square. So that all these people in the red square, this is how we treat those. And these, are you kidding me? And so, so I left because 
I didn't fit. I was trying to work in a system that couldn't accommodate me. So that's why I left to start my own company. And thankfully I did. To be honest with you, Ruben, I it's been a, it was a, a, a long, it's been a long journey. You know, I started in 2005. That's when I, my entrepreneurial journey, journey has been for 15 years, not 15 days. Mm. You know, so it's taken a long time to get to this point. So now my business, you know, and I'm coaching and consulting is very much based on, you know, it took me three years to design my frameworks, you know, like the, the system that I've designed can't be broken. It's 100% outcome driven, but it took three years to design all of that, not three days or reading three books. So it's a very different approach. And therefore, the people I work with, all of them, all of them have, you know, the 20,000 plus, meet the 20,000 plus hour rule in their area of expertise. And they're the people I want to work with. Because if I've got expertise and I've got their natural state, when I merge that together, holy shit, you're at this, this unbelievable human being emerges. And that's where I get excited. I love that. And it's so, it's so important to me to, to be connected to someone like yourself because the problem that I continually to try to a, suffer for myself to a certain extent, but definitely... You know, I see it on a day-to-day basis within yeah. the within our community, within the yeah. dub community, is that as people are trying to capture themselves, yes, and they're trying to put these now, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of videos that people have created using dub, that they potentially might be suffering from that problem of, you know, am I connected to my truest self? Have I unlocked? Do, have I removed all the ceilings, the glass ceilings, the inhibition, the oppression, you know, this idea of linear thinking that's been, you know, pushed yeah. upon me over so many years or, or, or decades, you know, sometimes I get overly sensitive about it. You know, for example, if someone might ask, hey, can you launch a new feature? This is kind of a very specific example, but it'll share something within me. Someone might ask, you know, can you share a specific feature so that I can read scripts you know, and when I'm recording my videos and I'm like, no, I'm like, don't read scripts, whatever you can do, don't do it. Just speak from the heart, capture your ideas and just show people yourselves. Cause if you start to read a script, they're going to see your eyes moving. They're going to know it's not you, someone else that wrote it. And it's better if it comes from you. And, uh, you know, who am I to say what the right features on a video platform are? But the, but the story though, is that I know so many people that need to hear about your content and need to hear about your practice. And I'm so glad that I had this chance uh, to, to connect with you. And I'd love to learn more about where can we learn more about your content, you know, anything that you've written, videos that you've done. Love to connect and, and get more information from you. Yeah. So obviously LinkedIn, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So um, Mary Henderson Coaching. Uh, or go to my website, Mary Henderson Coaching, and they're the two platforms that you know where I spend most of my time. Um, and yeah, so I'm. I think that you know these these conversations need to be had. I think we've all got a different perspective. You know, that's just my perspective. It's not right. It's not wrong. It's just my perspective based on my experience. But I spent. I do share a lot of content um, around the around this subject matter. So important, and so psyched to have had you on the show. Thanks very uh, I really appreciate this. I learned a lot from this and I look forward to connecting with you on LinkedIn more. 
Thanks, Ruben. Yeah, exactly. We need to be connected more on LinkedIn, correct? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we will be sharing a bunch of cool stuff around this conversation, short form and long form. And I can't, I can't wait to connect the convo. Thanks, Ruben. Thanks. Have a great day. Bye-bye.